Hey folks, welcome back to Intelligent Living. Thanks for joining the podcast, where we have discussions about all things relating to life. You know, through science, we've learned so much about life and how to live it well, so why is it that we tend to live so foolish? Well, it's time to use that science so that we can live life with some intelligence. We can live longer, happier, more purposeful and productive lives for ourselves and for others. And this is called Intelligent Living. So here we're going to learn, laugh, live, last, and love. Thanks for joining the conversation. I just want to say, first of all, thank you all for being here this morning. And I just want to read something to you. This is January 13th, 7, 8, 7, 8 a.m. Good morning. This is from Irma. Good morning, Pastor. I'm in the hospital. I have COVID, but now I have pneumonia on both my lungs. God's not done with me yet. I'm feeling better. Pastor, text her back. That's me. If that's right, you ain't going anywhere. We're all, uh, we're all praying for you. Glad you're treated, getting treated for your pneumonia. We're all here for you. Love, Pastor. P.S. If you leave us, sorry, I'm bringing you back. John 11:43. Then Jesus shouted to Irma, "Come forth, unwrap her, and go and make her some manudo." <clears throat> you know, I read that because life is precious. It couldn't have ended. It could have ended some other way. I'm glad Irma and everyone else is here this morning. Irma, thank God you're alive and you're with us. And a lot of you have gotten COVID and have gotten over it. I'm glad. I'm hoping there's a herd immunity will help, you know, will, you know, get me, make me feel better as long as I can hear good. Um, but um, thank God and take none of it for light, you know, lightly at all. And so the next month, starting next Sunday, obviously we'll be in person Sunday morning and Thursday night. Then on Sunday nights we'll be online. But always let me just say this, you know, let's, we need to continually be safe, amen, and be wise. So this morning, I, w- I want to preach, <clears throat> the ravens are coming on God's provision. Before I even get to the text, you know, I thought about this a lot. When you read this story about Elijah and the ravens coming to him, <clears throat> you have to ask yourself the question is, you know, this story in it, most of us can't relate to this. Most of us are not going to have ravens come to our life. If you weren't here Thursday, Thursday was one of the best sermons I've ever preached. Anyway, okay, I'll get back to that. Thursday, I talk about this a lot, and, I, and I'll tell you about Thursday's sermon in this sermon. But most of us aren't going to have ravens come to us. And there's a whole chapter dedicated to this story. So, obviously, there has to be something more we can relate to than these ravens. And that's what I preached on Thursday, and this is just continuation. If you didn't hear the Thursday service, I would say listen to it, and this will make a lot more sense to you today. But one thing we can say from the very beginning, the man's name is Elijah. And basically, he comes out of nowhere, and he's going to stand in front of the king and preach. He's going to tell the king, I have a word from God. But he comes out of nowhere. Think about this. He comes out of nowhere. We don't know a lot about Elijah. He comes on the scene. He's a prophet. He speaks a word to the king and tells the king, according to my word, it'd be no, no, do, uh, no do nor rain. And for three and a half years, the Bible says in the book of James, it didn't rain. There was a famine in the land because of the sin and all the idolatry and all the uncleanness that was in the land. But Elijah does this. <clears throat> and so the story right after this, that God tells Elijah where to go and read the text in a moment. But there's something God's teaching Elijah that he taught him, and I think we all have to learn it now. 
and I think throughout our entire life, God would teach Elijah, Elijah, I want to teach you how to totally depend on me. You know, I wish I could say it was easy for us to depend on God, but a lot of times we have to be forced to depend on God. And Elijah, you're going to go to a place where you're not going to have nothing else. Listen carefully. You're not going to have nothing else but me and the birds taking care of you. But really, God's going to take care of him. And every one of us, I think, over and over again, God will put us in a place almost like our back against the wall, put us in a place. And I would say this, even during COVID, God would use COVID, the black bird of COVID, to put us in a place and cause you and I to think about God, think about eternity, and you know what, and, and just make God our only dependence. That we say, you know what, God, I, you got my attention. I'm listening now. I, I'm going to depend on you. I'm going to depend on you. You're my everything. And I think over and over again, we have to learn the lesson of de total dependence on God. It's easy for us to, be, you know, it's easy for us if we have money to trust in our money. It's easy for us to trust in our health if we're healthy. And there's so many ways you and I can be self-sufficient and not have to depend on God. But God says, Elijah, I'm going to teach you something that you're going to learn, and we all have to learn it throughout our entire life, and that's over and over again. I'm going to teach you how to totally depend on me. So he puts them in this place. The ravens are coming, God's provision. And you, why don't you follow with me? <clears throat> Let's get right into this. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 2. Oops. <clears throat> it says, then the, then the Lord said to Elijah, leave this place and go east. And hide yourself near Cherith Brook, east of the Jordan. The brook will supply you with water and to drink. If I have commanded the ravens to bring you food there. And, and Elijah obeyed the Lord's command and went and stayed by Brook Cherith. He drank from the water from the brook. And the ravens brought him bread and meat every morning and every evening. The first point is when God comes to us. When we read this, uh, th that's what stands out is God comes to us. The man's name is back in 1985. His name was Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray is wrote, wrote a lot of best-selling books. He's a man of prayer. Uh, his books is amazing. His, what he says is always it's amazing. It's always profound when he says something. But he had hurt himself really, really bad once. His back, he was infirm, and so he was staying at this lady's house. He was out preaching back in the 1800s. They would stay at people's homes. When they would go out preaching, their homes were open to people, and the pastor was staying there. And some lady came and said she heard that Andrew Murray was staying at this house, and so she knocked on the door and said, I want to speak to Andrew Murray. But he couldn't get up. He couldn't do anything. He was just in, was literally in the person's bed. They're laying down and on his back and just in a lot, a lot of pain. He, said, he wrote something on a piece of paper. And he says, give this to this lady out there, hopefully to help her and help me. And this is what he wrote on this paper to hand to this lady. He simply wrote, in time of trouble, say, first, he brought me here. And it is by his will I am in this place. In that I will rest. Next, he will keep me here in his love and give me grace in the trial to behave as a child. Then... He will make this trial a blessing, teaching me lessons he intends me to learn and working in me the grace he means to bestow on me. And lastly, in his good time, he can bring me out again, how and when he knows. Therefore, I am here by number one, two, three, and four. Number one, by God's appointment. Number two, in God's keeping. Number three, under God's training. And number four, 
before his time. The Bible simply says in 1 Kings 17, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And I like this because this is so important because the word of the Lord came to him. You know, he didn't have to go searching for it. He didn't have to go running for it. The word of God came to him. If you and I live in obedience to God and we're living as we should living, should be living, God will come to us. God will direct us. You know, there's a man who comes to this church off and on. I'm not going to say his name, but he comes here off and on. And he, he comes. He's, he's not a regular member here by no means. But he comes and uh, he says to me, he, he says that each time he comes, he says, I come because I come to church when I need to hear a word from God. He says, I come to your church because it seems like you always have a timely word just for me, exactly what I need. And so we see him about every six months. Literally, sometimes once a year. But you know, wouldn't you naturally think if you can go someplace and hear a word from God, to be like, I should probably go more than once every six months. But he says that, and he's a great guy, nice guy. He says, I got the word again. I'm off again. I think he says he's a prophet. I don't know what he means by that. But anyway, he, he takes off. He's here and there. But a word from God is so precious. The Bible says, and the Lord, God speaks to him. Wherever he is, God's going to come. You don't need to go searching all over. If you're obediently living for God, walking in obedience one step at a time where you should be, God will come to you, and he will speak to you. He's faithful to do that. And you and I, just coming to church, you and I uh, reading our Bible, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. God will come to us. God doesn't leave us hanging out there. I thought about the Apostle Paul. He, he has an encounter with God in the book of Acts chapter 9. And God speaks to him. And Paul says to God, God, what do you want me to do? Remember that? And then God says to Paul, says, I'm going to rise, go into the city. Then I'm going to tell you what you need to do. God has the right. He is sovereign. He has the right to put us where he wants to put us and tell us what he wants us to do. But he didn't say when Paul said, God, what do you want me to do? God didn't say, guess, take a guess, you, you know, figure it out yourself. That's not what God does. He leads us faithfully, boom, one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. You don't need to go searching if you're walking in obedience. You may go through dry times, but you don't need to be run here and run there and run here, and run. And I've had people come to the church just, just like this guy say, I came to get a word. And, uh, you know, listen, there ought to come to a point in your time where you're, you, you, you're mature enough that you don't come just to get, you come to give. And when someone who travels from church to church to church to church all in their whole life, all they are are takers. They're not givers. And it's a pretty shallow person who lives a life of just, I take here and I take. No, there, ought come a, there ought to come a point where you say, you know, I'm committed to other people, and I don't just take, I come to give. Are you with me? The Bible says there's coming a day in the book of Amos. I, the Lord, I promise there will be a terrible shortage, but not of food or water, you will hunger and you will thirst to hear my message, but you won't find it. God says, there's coming a day. Listen, it's a privilege. Most of us know this because of COVID now. We didn't realize what a privilege and all, all the privileges we had in our life, in work, and eating, and living, and coming to church. All those privileges, we, most of us, including myself, probably took a lot of it for granted. Until it was all taken away. There come a point in time where we say, you know, I just got it. People start texting me, Pastor B, we got to meet at church. 
we can't keep living like this. No one can. And it comes a point, you realize, you know what, I, I, I want to hear from God. I want to go and be around the people of God. I want to just start driving around people's houses and honk. You know, something. You know what I mean? I don't know how you feel, but that's how I felt. It's a privilege Dad, to be in God's presence, to hear God's word. Thursday, I, I preached a message at the same text. And, you know, <clears throat> no, I won't even say it. I'll save it for some other time. Let me move on here. Let's go back to Ahab and uh, Elijah for a moment. You know, God tells Ahab, through Elijah, he's going to pronounce basically judgment on him. Now, here's Elijah. God gives Elijah a word. Don't you talk to the king. Elijah is going to talk to the king. The king has the right. Elijah is, is a man of God. Ahab is wicked, and I feel sorry for him. He married Jezebel. His wife was worse than him. Terrible. They were idolatry. They were the un probably some of the most, she was probably the most unclean uh, wives or first wives you're going to call her in the entire ever in history of Israel. She was really bad, really wicked, really ungodly, hated the people of God, hated the prophets of God. So it goes on. But God tells him to go speak this word to him. And I want you to think about this. He's going to go talk to the king. And don't you think he's, Elijah's like you and I, the Bible says in James. He feels like you and I feel. He's a human being. Don't you think he's thinking, if I go talk to the king, what's the natural question? I, the question I would have, if I go tell the king that, he's probably going to kill me. But wouldn't you think like that? He's, he's probably going to kill me. But he obeys. Now, think about this. I'm going to go tell the king, it's going to be judgments coming according to my word. That's, pretty, that's being pretty bold, right? But what if he would have said to himself, okay, listen, God, I'm going to go do it, but I need to know what the outcome is going to be. How is he going to treat me? It's how we are in obedience. God, what's going to happen if I obey you? Uh, tell me what's going to happen. And God oftentimes doesn't tell us. You leave the consequences to God in faith. I'm not going to tell you the consequences, Elijah. Elijah says, well, if I go tell him what's going to happen next, I'm not telling you. Is he going to receive me? I'm not telling you. Where should I go after I tell him that? I'm not going to tell you. Are they going to get me and kill me? Is Jezebel going to kill me like she's killed others? I'm not going to tell you that. Well, then what are you going to tell me? I'm going to tell you what you should do right this moment. Go talk to the king. And he goes, he says, yo, what up? No, he don't do that. He says, Ahab, listen up. And he lays out judgment. Then the Bible says, this is so important because, listen, we're human beings, man. Sometimes we do things and we do, we, you know, you talk about anxiety and worry. That'd be a good time to have it right there. I can understand why Elijah and Elijah had an anxiety attack. I could get it. Because, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen to me. You, you read these stories. First time we went to Africa, my whole family going it's so crazy doing that. Looking back, the wonder they send them when they're young because we ain't thinking. We just show up and we think we're going to take a nation. No preparation whatsoever. No one tells you what to do. You don't go talk to Pastor Mitchell. Pastor Mitchell, I'm going to go overseas. What do you suggest I do? You don't need to, he says, just go. Land and figure it out. You know what? You better figure it out. And you're thinking, I got a family. I got three kids. I think once, twice, maybe three times, we had to flee to Togo. Togo is an all-French-speaking nation. 
We had to flee because they're going to come arrest me and my family and put us maybe in jail. We had to flee like three times, load up in a car and take off running. I don't know if you've ever had to do that. But I tell you, it, it changes how you process God, the kingdom of God, the reality of God, doing God's will. You don't think I was worried and afraid? Of course I was. And so you go and you do these things. I'm sure Elijah's thinking, how is this all going to play out? I'm not telling you none of that. But as soon as he does that, then after he does it, then the Bible says, and then the word of the Lord came to him, told him what was next. Here's what we do. God, I want to know what's next before I get to the first spot. God says, it don't work that way. I'm just driving to Togo. I'm just thinking of this as I'm preaching. I'm just driving to Togo. I didn't even know where Togo was at. Togo's a sandwich place to me. Togo, where's Togo? The disciple came and said, Pastor, they're going to get you. You've got to flee. Flee now. Throw all of our stuff in the back of this, this Datsun uh, pickup, I mean, a uh, station wagon. We're driving to Togo. We go across the border. We got our passports. I got my three kids. We don't know anyone in Togo. We only know a couple people in Ghana, let alone Togo. And they pick you up. I get across the border, and I, and I have no idea where to go. Have you ever been in that place? You have no idea what to go? What to go? I like that English. But I, mean, I, I go because I don't know what I'm going to do. So I grab a taxi cab driver and start talking to him. And we're trying to figure it out. They dropped us off, I think. It, didn't they drop us off? We didn't have a car, huh? We had, we had a taxi. So taxi. Guess what taxi's guy's speech? Speak is. They speak French. I hear my, literally, me and my family, my three kids are standing there in Togo, uh, you know, a gazillion miles away from America, have no idea what we're going to do next, have no idea what's going to happen. We're standing there, and the taxis come up, bujile, 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 Like, hey, I don't speak French. And, and you know, me, I'm starting, before, before I know, I'm already joking, bujile, bujile. You know, I'm doing it back at them, and it's bujile, bujile, France. And I'm talking to my wife, you know, Carrie, stop it, now's not the time. But, we get picked up and, okay, take us. Take us where? And I'd hop in the car and say, take us. And I'd be thinking, where? I'll figure it out. Just go. And we did that a number of times. And finally, finally we ended up with, we've got a place to stay one night. I think some missionary's house or something. I can't remember now. It's been many years ago. But God took care of us. I'm standing here now. That's how I aged. You age 30 years in one year. So we talk about taking the first step, but we want to know the first, the second, the third, and the fourth before you take the first. It doesn't work that way. If I'm going to find out about how much faith I have is, okay, you do the first step, you trust me for the second one. And Elijah goes, he says this, and then after he's obedient and takes that first step, does what he knows he's supposed to do. You know what you're supposed to do. Then God says, then the word of the Lord came to him. Let me give you the second step. You know what? This time we're living in, COVID, there's already, I think the other day I heard there's supposedly, I don't know, and I don't mean to freak anyone out. If you hear it and go, oh, don't do that. There's like 16 new strains. So what? What's, what's after COVID-19? COVID-20. Okay. Reality. Okay, so that's what it is. But, you know, during this time, I think a lot of us will experience things, new experiences with God. And I believe God can use the black 
bird of COVID coming into our life to cause us to depend more on him. So it's God comes to us. We don't have to run searching everywhere for him. He comes to us if we're obediently following him. Let me move to the second point. Second point. <clears throat> and it simply says, God commanded and the ravens came. God has not forgotten us. I've commanded that the ravens will feed you there. And I can imagine, you know, remember, if you didn't hear last week, you have to remember last week. But last, I mean, Thursday, the ravens are an unclean bird. They're declared unclean. No Jew would have nothing to do with them. Um, it's not a good sign, but it's a sign in an omen. When they saw a black bird, especially a raven, they're huge black birds coming. It was not a good sign. It was like well, something bad's about to happen. That's what God would use to, to come to him. God would bring these ravens to, and feed him. And I can imagine sitting there just waiting. Okay, God's going to feed you with some ravens. It makes no sense. It, you figure it out. If you want, you can't figure this out. And there is, and all of a sudden, all these birds start coming. Here's a thought. <clears throat> The very thing you naturally would be run away from is the very thing God is going to use to feed you. You know, sometimes the things you fear the most, you can learn the most from. Naturally, I'm, I'm afraid what's going to happen. Hang on, don't, don't take off running, Elijah. Elijah's there. God comes. And the Bible says God commanded the ravens. God can command all of creation. He created it. When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, what happened? The lions didn't touch Daniel because God, the Bible says God shut the mouths of the lions. Right? There's a prophet named Jonah. God says, I created a well and I can tell the well to pick you up anytime I want to. The new Uber, the new Uber, the new, how do you call it? The new Uber is a well. God told the well to pick Jonah up. The disciples are fishing. The Bible says they're fishing all night. They caught nothing. And Jesus says, try it again. They catch something. Why? God is the God of over all creation. Another time in John 21, the Bible says they're fishing. And Jesus asked the disciples, you guys catch anything? They said, we caught, we caught nothing all night. He said, try it on the right side. Well, there's not much difference between the left side and the right side. He said, but you try it on the right side. The Bible says they enclosed a great multitude of fish in Luke and also in John 21. And so they close, they, they get all these fish. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God is in control of all creation. And God can command birds to come and feed a prophet. I, I commanded them. They, those birds couldn't do anything other than obey God's voice. They were not like you and I with a, with a wheel that we have. God can command us, and we like, later, I am flying over there. But God commands a bird, and a bird don't have what you and I have, and a bird does it. These birds come to feed him. He commands the birds to come to feed him because God hasn't forgotten us. Can you say amen? They were not sent by chance. God sent them. And God knows exactly what Elijah needs. God knows exactly how much Elijah needs. God knows everything about Elijah. Listen, God knows everything you need. God knows where you live. God knows what you need. God knows how much you need and how long you need it. Well, me and my wife, we were in Prescott, different places, kids growing up. I had three boys. If anyone has ever has boys, you know what I'm going to talk about. Boys, young boys can eat. It's like my mom used to tell me, son, I honestly think you have worms. Because no kids should eat that much. I mean, I could eat a lot. I mean, a lot. 
And we had to go to someone's house to eat. We were in Prescott Church. We'd go to someone's house to eat. And my wife would always feed them before we went to eat. That's the truth. Because we'd our kids get there to eat. Like, is that it? Like, you know, boys can eat a lot. And so we said, listen, son, you don't ask for my wife to tell them, don't you ask for seconds? They feed you, you're happy. We'd feed them before we went. You got boys, you have to do that. But God knows exactly what Elijah needs, how much he's going to need, how long he's going to need it, how much he's going to need, and for how long he's going to need it, for the length of it. And so it is with you and I. We're here this morning. Some of you are watching me. God knows your name. God knows everything about you. He knows what you need. He knows how much you need. He knows when you need it. He knows the amount and the length of it. Listen, that's the God we serve. And we get worried, and, 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 we, and we're normal. We're human beings. Yeah, we worry. We get trouble. We have anxiety. How's this going to work out? Am I going to work? And I have no money. Pay the bills. You have all those things, but we have a God who can't forget us. Listen to Isaiah says, before I read it, Isaiah 49. I told you I got this for Christmas. I got these socks. Socks got my grandkids on them. Not all my grandkids. This is Elisha. I think Nate got these. So these are my grandkids from, uh, from Nate. So when I got these, the day after Christmas or whatever it was, I wore these things up with my shorts. I pulled these things up. Bam, rocking them. They probably thought, that old man has lost his mind. I went to Costco. How you like me now? How you like me now? What were you saying, Pat? I could care less than anyone thinking, that's my grand. I love them. I'm not ashamed of them. And God's not ashamed of you. This is what Isaiah says. It's such an encouraging verse. Isaiah 49 says, so the Lord, by the way, don't someone steal these. Boy, you have the heat on you. I'll put it in my pocket right now. Alex, don't you try to grab him. So the Lord answers, can a woman forget her own baby and not love the child she bore? Even if a mother should forget her child, I will never forget you. Isaiah 49, verse 15, verse 16. Jerusalem, I will never forget you. You're always on my thoughts. I have written your name in the palms of my hand. And some believe what he means by that or what he can mean is the obvious. He written your name in the palms of the hand. That's called the cross. Does God care about me? The cross says he does. The cross says everything. I may not believe it at times. I may get discouraged at times. may get depressed at times. Maybe full of anxiety at times. But the cross says God doesn't forget me. Regardless of how I feel at the moment. God says, I wrote your names on, on my palms. You know, after the resurrection, when Jesus came back, I just thought of this. When Jesus came back, saw the disciples in the upper room. Remember, they were afraid. And he, all of a sudden, he was there. And what did he tell Thomas? Thomas, fill my hands. You know why he told him, Thomas, fill my hands? Because the scars are still there. Jesus resurrected. I thought we'd get a perfect body. Jesus' scars are still there. Which tells me when I get to heaven, his scars will probably still be there. You never doubt his love. Just look at his hands. You see the scars that tells the story. 
God commanded and the ravens came. God hasn't forgotten us. Third point, God wants to teach us how to depend on him. Notice what it says. It says the ravens, <clears throat> and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread in the evening, and in the evening, and he drank from the stream. Think about this. The word raven comes from a word that means crow, but it also has an idea or thought of cautious, the word cautious. And I thought that's fitting to me because the very thing God brings to provide for us, I think sometimes you and I can be very cautious about. God's bringing you something, and we look at it sometimes. I think sometimes we miss God's provision because we're too cautious. I mean, no, God can use birds, and God can use people. Sometimes we don't like to ask for help. People say, oh, I'll help you, just let me know. And we don't let people know, and then we get mad because they didn't help us. They're not mind readers. And sometimes we're cautious about the provision God gives us, so I don't know about that. Well, okay, the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, the Bible says. Which is actually is quite a bit because you think about it. When God provided the food for him, he gave him enough in the morning to last him all day until the evening. And in the evening, he gave him enough to last him through the night. Well, why didn't God, God being a God of abundance and God you know, being who he is, why not just give him everything he needs for whatever the length of time he's going to be there? But that's not what God does. God does it the way you and I don't necessarily like, and that's just, just enough to get by. I said it before, the, the, just the prayer, Lord, do something small, is actually biblical because the Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, he says, he talks about, let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. We don't, I don't think we, we like that. If we have our way, we'd say, Lord, give us our what? Give us our weekly bread. Right? Some of us have been more honest, say, you know, Lord, give me my monthly bread. Then I'll really love you. And trade. Lord, just give me my monthly bread. I'll be good to go. God, give me my yearly bread. No, some of us even one step further. God, just give it to me all at once. I'll really trust you, right? Just, just pour it all out. Why not? God says, no, because when you need day by day, you depend on them. And I'm not saying it always has to be that way, but the thought of dependence should always be there. You could have more than enough money and still depend on God. But generally speaking, sometimes it's like this. I remember talking to Esteban once about his job, and he told me a number of times, I said, how's it going for work? And he'd say something like, well, we got enough for this week. We got a week coming up. We got a little more work. And that's how it goes, a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time. It's always more than enough. It's just enough to get by. You know what? That's okay. Because in that, we learn what? We learn how to depend on God. Say, okay, God, I, I, okay. You know, and you think about us. Uh, most of us in here, I don't know about all of us, most of us in here probably have food in our refrigerator, probably have, you know, more than enough food. So you think about it. If we pray, God, give us our daily bread, we can't honestly pray that from our heart. 
I mean, as far as really wanting God to provide, because we already know it's provided. You know what I mean? It's like, God, help me to, to, help me to pay my bills, and you got thousands in the bank. Give me a break. But the thought of being dependent can still be there. God, help me, no matter what I have, to be dependent on you. That's what Elijah's going to have to learn. That's what we all have to learn. Spurgeon said it like this because, you know, he brings him bread in the morning and and meat in the morning and at night. And like what Spurgeon said, Spurgeon said, Elijah had enough, but it did not always come to him in the nicest way. I do not imagine that the ravens knew how to get the bread and the meat always cut in perfect pieces. Perhaps they snatched a rough bit here and a little bit there and perhaps a crust of bread there. And maybe it came from all sorts of ugly pieces, but there it was still enough for him to get by on. The Bible says in Psalms 81 verse 10, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth and I will feed you. Listen to what this means. And I'm going to have to close probably there. Listen to what it means. The words open thy mouth and I will fill it. The meaning here is I can supply all of your needs. You don't need to go to other gods or the other lands. As if there is a deficiency in my power and resources. As if I were not able to meet your necessities. All your needs I can meet. Ask what you need and you will. Just come to me. Then he continues about humanity. He says God is not the author of your sin. He leaves them to the lust of their own hearts and the counsels of their own heads. If they do not well, they blame, the blame must be upon ourselves. The Lord is unwilling that any of us should perish. What enemies, what sinners are to themselves? You know, we are our worst enemies. God says, you don't need to go to any other God. You don't, listen, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. You don't need to search any place. You don't need to go anywhere at all, Elijah. And neither do I, and neither do you. God said, I'll fill it. I'll meet your need. Let me just bow your heads this, this morning. Let's just bow our heads. God comes to us. We don't need to go searching. And there's people listening to me. Elijah, where he was where he's supposed to be and that's why God came to him God brought him a word some of you listen you've been talking about going to church for a long time you don't need to wait any longer I, I, I love that gentleman who comes every six months or once a year to hear a word from God and that's encouraging to me for him to say that truthfully but That's not how we should live. We live by, Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Our meat is revelation from God. It's when God speaks to us. That's how we live. That's how we find our inspiration. And some of you are out, you're listening, you don't attend any church. You're not attached to any body of believers. You just go here and go there and go there. I can guarantee you, you're a very shallow Christian, if you are a Christian. And I'm going to challenge you to 
make it a point. So you know what? I'm going to go to church. I'll be committed. I'll be faithful. And God will be faithful to meet with you in church. And God will be faithful to speak to you. He came. God comes to us. The Bible says God commanded the ravens and the ravens came. God has not forgotten us. God wrote you on his palms. Even though we may think at times that he has forgotten us, he has not forgotten you and me. If there's anything God wants to teach all of us, just like he was teaching Elijah. And that was very simple, and that was to depend on him. There's people watching God wants you to leave, leave the self-reliance, self-dependence, and start depending on God. People in the congregation, just things I just mentioned, God's speaking to you. Before I open these altars, let you come and find a place to pray. We'll, we'll just play worship music like we did before service started while you come and pray in a moment. But you're listening to me. You want to rededicate your life to God. You say, I'm going to give my life to you, Jesus. I want to learn how to depend on you right now during this time. It took this to get me to listen. It took this to get me to be still. He took this to get me to think a certain way. But there you are now. You say, dear Heavenly Father, I give you my life. I'm sorry for my sins. I repent. Come into my life, Jesus. I surrender all to you. If you're in the congregation and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, just raise your hand. Say, I'm, I'm not right with God, but I want to get right. Would there be one person this morning say, I want to get right with God. I'm not right. Pastor, here's my hand. I'd love to pray with you. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. I want to allow people, like we did before, come and find a place to pray, socially distance at the altar, but find a place to pray and talk to God about the things God's talking to you about. Come and find a place to pray. We'll just sing a worship song. The team can put some song up that we can just sing for a moment. While these pray. Father, I thank you for every life that's at the altar this morning. God, I thank you for the gift of life. I thank you for watching over your church and watching over your people. God, have your way. Instruct our hearts during this time. You feed our souls. You help us to rely upon you and not ourselves. As time goes on, Lord, help us to depend on you more and more. And God, use our lives during this time. Use our lives during this time, Father, to touch other people. You bring them to us. As we live our life, as they're all around us, Father, help us to speak the word to them. They can come to know you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' wonderful name. Touch every life at this altar and all those that are listening this morning. In Jesus' name, let's sing a worship song.
Hey folks, I really hope this episode encouraged you to live a more purposeful and intelligent life. If it did bless you, would you share it with somebody who you love as well? Thanks again for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time. Thank you.